Welcome to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and today we are talking with Rhiannon. She is my esthetician teacher. I'm, I guess not my old esthetician teacher because I don't have a new one, but she is. She was my esthetician teacher. I think that's the best way to say that. <laughs> but she, I, oh. She has not only seen all sides of Christine, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the parts that we don't talk about, um, but she got to see me grow, and she has been one of the biggest supporters of mine since then and gave me amazing feedback and guidance when I was in the classroom and even out of the classroom. She has changed so much since the last time I have seen her and I was so excited to be able to reconnect and talk about her life today and the the um the challenges that she has been going through these last couple of months teaching people that have never cut or color we call those phase 1 they the day one, fresh off the boat, fresh meat, hairdressers, beauticians, cosmetologists, how to do their trade online because of COVID, because of quarantine, and how that can be so hard. She also deals with a lot, a lot, a lot of women. There are men in there too, but we all have that stereotype that you can't get a room full of women without having things happen, and she navigates that daily. (laughs) We also talk about her parenting style and what she's dealing with today and how she is helping her daughters and her son get through certain processes in their lives. I want you to meet Rayanen. All right, today we are talking with Miss Rayanen, which I know you as Miss Boyd, which you're not Miss Boyd anymore, or just Boyd oh. all together. <laughs> oh. So can you tell us a little bit about you? Um, I am 38, oh my gosh, um, and I have two kids, um, but they're grown, so it's not such a big, crazy mess with all this stuff going on. Um, my, uh, my youngest that's still at home, she's 16, and then I have a 21-year-old son, and then I also have a year and a half old grandbaby. I teach cosmetology school. Uh, right now, I currently teach phase one, but I've taught all for all the phases and aesthetics, um, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's deep die. <laughs> um, I heard someone say like, let's double click on that one. Let's double click on this. Like, right, how, right. Can we, how can we open this up? So tell me your race and ethnic background. Um, I am for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty Caucasian. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little redhead, so I'm pretty white and, um, ethnic background is just, I'm a lot of German. Were you raised in that, like, were you raised more in like American white culture or did you have a lot of German influence that came through? Oh no, super white culture. Yeah. I was raised by my dad. So, 
um, you know, just me and my dad and my brother. Yeah. So you didn't really have a lot of that German coming through? No, not really. So how did you know that you had German in you? Girl, I did a DNA test. <laughs> You're like, let me spit in this tube and see what really it is. <laughs> so what yeah, all came out of your DNA? What all did you have in it? Do you remember? I'm, I'm really German. I'm really Irish um, and Scandinavian. That's it. Like, oh, not wow. very much. Mm-hmm. So there was not very many mixing. It sounds like they were all kind of like in that same area. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting though, too, to be so close to purity of one, one race and not in a way of like, um, like superiority, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just I feel like, I, I feel almost the opposite of that. Like I, I, I wanted to be a mix of a bunch of different <laughs> I really did. So that was what you were hoping for? No. <laughs> because to me, it's like we all have like, oh, I'm 2% this and 2% this and I'm 5% this. Like, there's never like a defining thing. So like for you to just have like three, I feel like that's like something that you can really like sink your teeth in. Yes, but how boring is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's good on both sides. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you, I mean, you would you would be able to really understand a culture a lot deeper. Yeah, for trying sure. Trying to look at like 15 different cultures and like giving each one of them a month. At least you have like, I can really deep dive in like the Irish culture and really understand like where my blood is coming from instead of having to like break it up between 20 other bloodlines. Agreed, <laughs> agreed. I definitely think we, we could deep dive into some Irish culture with some kilts and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I automatically think of Vikings. It's like, yeah. you have Viking blood, girl. Yes. Right? That's exactly, that's exactly right. I was actually just talking about my daughter about it the other day. Like, we, we're basically pure Viking. Like, think of all of our history, all of our background. Like, so crazy. Yes, that's, like, and I love Viking. Like, like the TV shows, like, those, like, <laughs> Netflix. Oh, my you goodness. You think it was like that back in the day? Yes, I think it was just like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that, like, I, I don't know. I, you know me, I believe anything that someone will show me, but I was just like, I think I could be half Viking if I really wanted to be. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I think I probably have that personality for sure. <laughs> All right, so you already told us about your background. You already told us about your age. So how were you as a child? Like, tell me about your childhood. Oh, I was bad. Really? Tell me about that. I was a bad child. I never listened. I always got in trouble. I was always mean to other kids. I always got in trouble. I never listened to my parents. I was always really bad. What do you think um, brought that upon you? Like, what? Do, why do you think that you were acting in that way? I was, I was raised with a really headstrong woman in my house and who was my stepmom, but, um, she was very, very headstrong. And so she just taught me to, if I wanted something, I would, you know, fight my way to get it. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. I fought a lot. Yeah. So how was that like for you to have that stepmom that was a headstrong as a daughter? Oh, I was... Even then, I was super thankful for her. 
Yeah. Were you thankful yeah. because she was a mother figure or were you thankful because oh, yeah. my, my real mom I didn't even, I didn't know her till I was 27 26 27 so I was just thankful that I had a mom you know somebody to look up to and teach me the ways yeah yeah and um, so it was like okay so if you, when when did your stepmom come into your life I was two Oh, okay. So she was all you knew. Yeah. I didn't know my real mom. She left me and my dad with my, me and my brother with my dad when I was six months old and I never saw her again. Okay. Okay. Was she ever talked about in the house? Um, you know, not, not that I can really remember when I was a kid, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, as we got older, yes, all the time. Yeah. And it was like, was it positive things? Was it negative things? Well, my dad always told me I reminded me of, reminded him of her, right? Because I looked just like her and um, just things I did, like mannerisms and things like that. Um, but it, I, don't, I don't remember it really being positive or negative. I just remember him, you know, just tell he would, my dad would tell me like little tidbits of her. That's really about it. Yeah. So my mom, my mom and my dad actually split up when I was 11. And my stepmom and my dad split when I was 11. And um, so then it was just me, my dad, and my brother after that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So I have a question um, about, about like you having a stepmom and then your, your bio mom leaving so early. So I've talked to a couple of women that have been adopted. And the whole thing was, would you rather have known that you were adopted or not have known at all and find out when you're 18 or older. But now that you have I a bio mom. I would want to know. I would feel like I was lied to my whole life. So I would definitely want to know. Right. And, and, and the thing that they normally say is like, oh, it's because how can I trust the adults in my life if they couldn't even tell me that I wasn't part of them? Yeah. But... Um, I mean, I understand, I come from both sides of the fence because I understand definitely why people do that so that the kid child doesn't feel um, out of place or anything their whole life. So I completely understand why that people do that, but um, I would definitely want to know. Yeah. So, and cause there's a lot of people that are dealing with that as parents. Yeah. Like, do I tell my kid that they might not belong? This might not be their dad or this not might be their mom. And it's just a weird dynamic. And it's, it's refreshing to hear every single person have said, I want to know. Really? That's every, so yes. Every person that's been adopted or has like a bio family and then have adoptive family has all been like, I want to know. And how wow. many people, as parents, we're always considering, do I tell them? And it's like, now adults are telling us, no, you should probably tell them. So I just think that it's just the fact that you knew at age two, which is really young, to have a stepmom. I'm super thankful for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think she impacted your life the most on? I mean, she was obviously a very strong woman, but what do you think like was the most impactful that she gave you that you carry on with you today? Just that I have a voice. You know, I'm I'm a strong-headed person, you know that. Um and so um I can I can I can put up with a lot from people and you know I, I can I manage my um 
feelings pretty well. I, I math them pretty well, but she definitely taught me to have a voice no matter what. That's why I used to be so bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would just, you know, tell me, you know, well, go tell them. If you don't like it, go tell somebody, you know, or whatever. And so. Yeah. And you still carry with that with you today. Oh, yes. 100%. <laughs> I will say for, and I should say this for the listener, you were my esthetician teacher about two, three years ago. You have seen all shades of Christine. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly, and the part we don't talk about. <laughs> um, but I would say like, the biggest thing that I took away from you and your class, like I felt like I went through an emotional roller coaster through all of it. And I feel like school itself, I have one, I have never been around that many women in a long time. And two, I always felt so woke. Like I was like, um, I'm in my twenties. I know what everybody's going on. I'm tapped. I'm like, I know what everybody's going through. And now I'm with kids and I say kids, but they were like 10, 12 years younger than me. And I'm like, you guys think what? Like, I didn't even know what a dick appointment was until yeah. I, and I'm like, and then I'm learning all this stuff. And then it changed my mind where I'm like, okay, now I really under, like now I feel tapped. But from you, I think what I got the most was like, Christine, like, does it really matter? Like, <laughs> let them make their choices. You, you always say that, like, Christine, make, yeah. let them make their own choices. And I wanted to mother hen everyone. Like, did you come to school and did you do this what you were supposed to do? Why did you do this? You shouldn't do that. Like, and I was just trying to mother hen and you were like, let them do their own fucking shit. Like, if they don't want to come to school, don't let them come to And I'm like, but Miss Boyd, which you weren't, you were Boyd then, yeah, yeah. you know? And I'm like, I, I don't know, you know, and that release. And I, I still use that. Talking about taking things from people that we love. I still use this to today. Aww. And I know. She's giving me heart, <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's like they have to go on their own journey and not to release my energy onto other people because it's something they have to do for themselves. And I mean, I, mean, I had to learn that too, right? I had to learn that same thing. And especially being a teacher in a woman, you know, mostly woman based industry. Um, it's really hard for someone who didn't necessarily have their biological mom growing up. And then I had a mom for so many years, but then after a while she wasn't there anymore. So, um, you know, it was really hard for me to learn how to be around women and learn how to let other people make their own mistakes because I was the same way, like, don't do this. And, you know, you know, you, you should, you're paying me to be your teacher. Like you should, you should be listening. But mm -hmm. after a while you just realize that, you know, they have to have their own journey and they will find their own way. And not everybody has the same path. Right. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to transition that into another conversation of just women, because obviously this is a woman's podcast and you get to see <laughs> every ray of woman you get. Like, I mean, we had a woman in our class that was what in her fifties, yes. right? And we have the youngest at 17 all in a yes. room together. And we dealt with race issues. We dealt with sociological issues, or I think that's the word, social issues. We dealt with periods and <laughs> hair and 
makeup oh and, and direction and we dealt with all that. But at the end of the day, what do you find that is most common across the whole board? Um, I think everybody is there for a purpose and, you know, we have to sometimes remind them of what purpose that they're there for. Um, but everybody's there for, if, if you can continue to learn the whole time that you're there, that's, you know, that's the number one thing I think is keeping everybody busy and everybody learning something all the time. When you stop learning, stop paying attention. I think that's where, you know, people try to fall through the cracks, but I think, uh, you know, at, as a teacher, when people come in, they're looking for, um, they look up to you. They're looking for a pathway from you. They're looking for something that they can, some familiar, familiarity from you, right? So that they feel like they fit in in the class. Um, and no matter what age you are, no matter what race you are, no matter what, you want to feel like you belong. And mm -hmm. so the one thing, even now, still, even teaching cosmetology now, um, the one thing I still try to teach is empathy. Empathy is always going to be something that everybody needs in their life. And you're always going to need to be able to give that to other people. And so I think that's the one common ground that no matter what we can always agree on is empathy. When, when you say empathy, what does that look like? So empathy is it. So we all know what sympathy is, right? Feeling bad for some, somebody going through something, right? But empathy is truly understanding that every single person is going through something and understanding, um, that you, what you how you react to someone um, can make or break their day, right? It really can. So understanding that the way that you react to people um, can really, you know, hurt or help them. Right, right. And we have a huge class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for the listener, I want to bring out, like, you did so much to connect everyone. And people that I already had organic connections with, I'm still in contact with. But the person that I will tell you, she'll probably be on the podcast at one point, Allison. Day oh, yeah. one. I laughed at Allison because she was so dramatic and like, so like, oh my God, my life is over. And I was like, is she serious? Is she acting like I don't get her? Like, I just did not understand her. And you paired us together one day for doing makeup. Okay, so we needed pairing. <laughs> our, class, our class needed pairing and, you know, a therapist and what is that um the beep button when people like, we needed a seven seven second delay on everything we said so we could yes. about everything yes. that shouldn't have been said <laughs> but now allison and i are still connected like and just off of that one time that you paired us together and it wasn't necessarily that we had too much in common it was just the fact that we were able to understand each other and you guys bonded over makeup yeah we did right, right we did and it, and but like she's coming over on Monday. <laughs> like, wow. And here That's it is three crazy. years later. You know? So crazy. Right. But I, I, I just think that like sometimes we don't realize like the impact that we have on each other. Like I feel like you understand because you are a teacher, but it's the impact of seeing your students grow. But outside of that world, how much more have I grown on, you know, this is my school life, but like, this is my personal life. This is my business life. This is my social life. How much I've grown outside of those different things just by 
having that bumper of you being my teacher, you know, like a, like the bumper of a, what is that called? Bowling, you know, when they put the bumper rails on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like you put those two bumpers, like Christine, stop being trashy. Christine, start (laughs) being like, you can't say that. That's not right. And I'm like, okay. Like and just having those little bumpers along the way or like, Hey, you're doing really well in this. And I really want you to succeed, but we're going to have to like start phone, like, shaving it down over here and I I do want you to realize that it does make a difference if you don't ever get that that words of feedback it does make a difference I promise you thank you thank you very much (laughs) I hear that for sure and I think we forget to come back in say our dues yeah you know I can pass it along and I can speak with other people and pass it along and pass it along. But if I've never really come back to you and tell you, you're the reason why I'm passing it or, you know, you're one of the branches that caused me to pass it, then it might, you know, it might help you to be like, Hey, listen to this. One of today's show sponsors is A Beautiful Life Consulting by Deanna Broadbent. Are you looking for a website that's clear and crisp to represent your brand or business? Well, Deanna is your girl. She will help you be seen and have your brand stand out. You'll meet with her for a consultation where she will make you feel comfortable and that you can trust her work. After clarifying your goals for your website, that's when she starts designing. She will convey your story to your visitors from custom websites to marketing strategies or even if you want to redesign and give your old website a fresh new look. A Beautiful Life is now offering to the You Gotta Meet Her podcast listener one free webpage when you purchase a five-page custom website for $700 or more. Again, that's A Beautiful Life Consulting by Deanna Broadbent. Live, create, inspire. funny that you say that because I went when I was in school I had a teacher that was really she was uh the reason that I wanted to become a teacher right she was very um she was really amazing at uh just being thoughtful and teaching and you know um I wanted to be just like her I remember you know and and I think I'm I would say don't tell anybody else this but probably even better because I'm just more compassionate with people that um, you know, and it's nice to hear, you know, feedback from stu- past students who have been successful and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're living their life and, and living the dream. Yeah. I, I think that, um, I didn't know what to expect at all. <laughs> right. Because I went to school because someone told me I would be good at it. I didn't do it because I loved it. I didn't go to school because of this, that, and the other. And your passion and seeing other people's passion, I was like, oh, so this is a thing? (laughs) 
<laughs> it kind of opens your eyes, right? Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. And then um, I don't know what was going on at the time, but when we started talking about skin and I was like, I remember, I remember telling you and I was like, I'm never going to do a facial. So you can just go ahead and give me zeros because <laughs> I don't, tell me that. I hate them. I, until today, I still hate facials. Like they're like, I, they're just not my jam, but I just remember right. you saying, just try it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why just that sentence was like, oh, okay, yeah, let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, we moved, we moved, and we got it. And so I, I, let's move on to another subject. But I just really wanted to tell you that that was whatever you're doing, keep on doing because you are making a difference. And people just need to have a soft heart or have a heart that eventually gets soft because now you're seeing them for a little bit longer than you were seeing us. Yes. Um, so just, you know. Not much longer because, you know, the, the uh, cosmetology program went back, it's a thousand hours now instead of 1500. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Hmm. So right. <laughs> Don't even think about it. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I can go, I can do a thousand hours. That's like what? A couple of more months than I did the first time. But, yeah, it's like it's like five, six, seven months. I mean, it's not very long at all. Huh. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's change the subject before I like sign up for something. <laughs> so, are you originally from Texas? No, from California. Oh wow, I've had a lot of people on from California. So, how did you yep. get to Texas? Yeah, so we moved here when I was nine. Um, from California, with I was I lived with my dad and my mom and we moved here to Texas because my grandparents were here and um so we just moved here to be closer to them yeah do you think that was a good decision oh yeah for sure yeah so tell me about your parenting how do you parent because you have you have older kids I don't have very many people that come on that have older kids where they're in their 20s so tell me about that yeah, so my son, he, you know, kind of does his own thing. He has his own gun at this point. So um, he just does his own thing. And, I, you know, he doesn't live with me or anything. So he just works and lives with his girlfriend. Um, he, he's, if I need something, he's there for me. And if, you know, he needs something, he'll call me and I'm there for him. But my 16-year-old, she is trans. And so um, girl to boy. And so that's been a challenge in itself, right? Because who's, who thinks their parent, their kid's going to grow up to be, uh, you know, a trans kid. Um, and so that's been a challenge for us as we navigate these waters. It's, um, you know, I see a lot of issues with just people being rude and mean in general. Like it's, I, you know, I never, I would say I probably... I'm not saying I'm sheltered, but I definitely would say I never was opened up to that world. And now that I'm dealing with my 16 year old, you know, being, um, a boy, it's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I, as a parent, I'm pretty, um, understanding that, you know, I have that empathy, just like I do with my students. I have it with my child as well. Mm -hmm. And so we go through, things and you know we have to navigate and, and and figure it out you know some things I'm okay with and some things I'm not okay with and you know hopefully 
hopefully we get through it, you know, as it were, as she gets older, I think she gets a little bit more responsible and doesn't want to do crazy things and, you know, but when kids first decide that they want to be trans, they, um, kind of go out of their way to make other people know that that's how they want to be. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So for the listener, please explain, explain what is trans. Um, so she's a girl and feels like a boy in a girl's body. Okay. So she's, um, wants to transition into being a boy. Um, but she's very, got some very girlish features and it's even hard for me to call her a boy, but I'm very open with her. Um, and I let, you know, I let her be her own person. Really. I don't, I don't try to stop her from doing anything or now I don't, I would say that I would not agree fully to letting her take transition drugs and all that stuff just because I feel like her body's not fully developed in any way, her brain or her body. Um, and once she's old enough to make that choice on her own, I feel like that's something that she could make. But as of right now, I just don't feel like that's something that um, I'm, I would be okay with as yeah. a mom. Yeah. Like that's your boundary that you're setting for her progress. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when did just she come out to you? Say it again. I said, did she come out to you or did you already know that there's was like like on the line or did you kind of sense that or something there actually no I hadn't I really had no idea um but her my my stepdaughter at the time told me she outed her and then when she outed her it was you know all downhill from there for her you know like she was she she didn't really know like how to process it all so um she you know we go therapy and you know to help her process it and, and know who she wants to be and be comfortable with her own self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, thank you for being honest about that because it's something that I think that we don't talk about as parents. I think the kids are all talking about it, but the parents aren't talking about it. All the kids are talking about it. Yeah. But I just, I just don't think that the parents are like, I have never talked to a mother that has a trans child but I've talked to another I've talked to someone that is trans Mm -hmm. but I've never talked to the mother of someone that is trans of like how how does your heart feel like and 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 I know that sounds terrible because it's like I love them so I love them like it you know and then there's some that's like I love them but I hate them you know well I see what I see a lot of is that these kids are coming in as trans or they're coming out as pansexual or or bi or you know gay or lesbian you know it doesn't matter whatever they are but their parents just don't understand it and so that's where when you're I feel like when the kids don't have support at home no matter what they are going through um then they tend to lean more towards that right so if you know if I wasn't giving her guidance so I feel like I'm not um, on her side and giving her guidance, like, okay, so if you want to act this way and be this way, let me help give you some guidance to make it not so hard for you. Yeah. 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 Because I think a lot of parents don't give their kids guidance. They're just like, oh, forget it. You're not that way. And, 
or, or I don't want to accept it. And then these kids, they have nobody to turn to. And that, you know, there's so, the suicide rate is so high for kids that are trans that it's so scary. Um, and I would never want my child to feel like she didn't have anybody to turn to, even if it wasn't me, I would still appreciate just anybody would be there for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that was my next question was, is that I think we forget that we put our own heart and what we believe is right in front of our children. And then we make them suppress something and how hard it was for them to even be honest with us about their sexuality. And now it causes this rift in all that is good for them or, oh, I shouldn't have said anything to the point where they're committing suicide. And that's not okay. Well, it's not just the parents not understanding, it's the other kids are, um, they don't understand either. Some other kids are just rude and mean. My daughter has been through so many people just being rude and mean and just, you know, hateful um, to her that it's, it's, it's sad as a mom to see what she's going through because people just don't understand. And when people don't understand something, let's be honest, we're, you're scared of it, right? When as a parent, if you don't understand that it's going to, um, you know, the water's going to be too hot for your kid, then you're scared to let your kid touch it. Or, you know what I mean? Like if you don't, if you don't understand that, um, you know, your kid could get into some trouble if they do something, then you don't, or if you understand, you don't want to let them do it. Right. So, um, I think it, just as a society in general, we don't let anything uncomfortable come our way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what ha what education have you had to do now in order for you to support your your son well he um definitely he's taught me a lot because to be honest i i mean there's like so much out there right um and so i mean i think the main thing is just making sure that i don't cross any boundaries that's going to hurt his feelings or so that's the edge the most education for me is learning you know where the boundaries are for him and what he's comfortable with and what he's not comfortable with because like for her some, some she's comfortable with me calling her her but she wants anybody new that she needs to call him for him right okay. so um and so it's hard for me like in front of her I will call her him um, if there's other people around, but if it's just me and her, I call her her. So, you know, I think these kids are just confused, uh, you know, as far as how they're, they're feeling and not every trans person or not every single, um, gay or lesbian person is the same and how they feel is different. And so for me, that's been the biggest learning thing because, um, even like her friends that are trans and, you know, other people they don't, maybe she's okay with one thing and they're not okay with it. Maybe, you know, um, if they, they turn around and say, okay, well, I want to be called a her or a him or them or they, like every single person is different. And that's really been the biggest education for me because I had no idea that it was like such a hard line for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question. It's going to be a little controversial to the subject, but so many people feel like it is a mental disorder to feel like you are the opposite sex. And then that, that, that's question A. Like, how have you, have you dealt with that? And then question B is she's 16. 
he is 16. They are 16. How do you say, like, have you even tried dick before? Like, have you ever seen a pussy before? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you know that that's how you feel if you haven't even dealt with those two parts yet? Like, you know, your genitalia or is it something in yeah, I have completely. First, let me answer the first question, um, which is yes, she, he is, or the second question really, she is 16, right? And so um, all kids go through something about that age. And so I don't think that it's necessarily a mental disorder, but here's what I think happens. Um, and I think that we all have done it, right? When we were 16, we went through something that our parents didn't quite understand. And you either help your child through it or push them closer to it, right? So you're, you're either going to be there to support them or you're not. Um, and I think a lot of kids, when they, it's just it's the thing to do, just like, you know, I mean, back in the day, we used to wear saggy pants. It was the thing to do, right? That's what all the guys did was wear saggy pants. Parents didn't understand it, but they still bought the saggy pants, you know? And so... I think, um, I think that kids are always going to be going through something and whether you're there to support them or, you know, harm them is the biggest, the biggest thing. I think, I don't think it's a mental disorder. Well, I think it is actually a a medical condition. Like you do get, um, diagnosed with a medical condition when you, it's called, it's called gender dysphoria. Right. And so, um, you, you do actually have to be diagnosed in order to like start the transition or any of that stuff. Um, but I don't think, I just think that these kids are confused about who, you know, really who they are and that's what they're trying to do is figure it out. And if nobody helps them through that, then they end up really having the mental disorder as they get older because they don't have nobody to lean on. They don't have any support. Praise hands all day. Thank you. That was like that. That resonates because I because I consider myself part of the LGBTQ plus community. So when I hear like all these different things, I'm like, mm, maybe you should do your research on that. And then hearing a mom explain it outside of someone that is transgender, because I feel like sometimes we listen to someone that is transgender or part of the community. We're like you're crazy or you're just following a fad and it's like you know and and it was like gay used to be being a fad you know like oh you're a lesbian like the l word came out on hbo and now all of us wanted to like fucking be lesbians right like everybody wanted to be a lesbian and it's like no like there's other parts to this and i really like the part that you said that you have to be diagnosed first before you can even go through the transitional thing um traditional like lifestyle and that's something that i don't think that the straight community understands it's not like i wake up and i'm like oh i want to be a boy today and so take my vagina give me a penis take my tits like it's not it's not like that a lot has to happen mm-hmm so thank you so much yeah, for sharing that. You're welcome. And Kim said that she felt like that, you know, for a long time before she ever told anybody or, you know, had questions about it for a long time. So, yeah, it wasn't something that just popped into her head. She knew. Nope. Yeah. She, he knew. Um, so my yeah. next question, switching gears, do you find yourself as spiritual or religious? Mm, good question. 
So that's a hard question to answer because I would say I'm more of a spiritual person. Um, on some things, my brother's a pastor. And so, you know, I am a little bit religious as far as like, you know, the traditional of going to church and, you know, but not necessarily like I'm not Baptist and I'm not, you know, Catholic. Like I go to a non-denominational church, um, but I go more for the sense of community than um, to necessarily. I mean, I, I do believe and I, I do follow the teachings of the Bible, but I don't, um, I don't agree with all of it. Right. I don't, I think it's interpretation. Let's get into some, some stuff here because I believe it's interpretation. And I think it's all, that's why there's so many different religions out there because people interpret the Bible different ways. And so I'm a spiritual, spiritual person when it comes to like emotions and feelings and, you know, uh, you're an astronomical sign and, and all that stuff. But uh, I definitely still believe something is out there greater than us, whether God created us or not. Um, but I definitely think something did. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm on that same level with you. Like I'm definitely like, I'm both. That's a hard question. Yeah. Um, it, it I'll, is. I'll ask you this question though. Do you feel like the Bible is religious? Do I feel that what the Bible is religious? Yes. No. No. Okay. So I asked this, I asked this question, um, spiritual or religious in the Facebook group. And a lot of people were like spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. And then there's one lady and she's a really good friend of mine. She says neither. And I'm like, please explain because I am intrigued. And she was like, I follow the Bible but I don't follow any religion. My, my, my beliefs and everything I have is between me and the Lord, what I have on the Bible. And I've always seen the Bible as religious because religion uses the Bible to guide themselves. But True, the way she said it. But, but you know that religion, um, the Bible was created by other people, not by like Christ himself or by Jesus, either one of those. It was created by people walk that walk with Jesus. And then in, in the New Testament. And then in the Old Testament, it really just kind of goes through like so-and-so is related to so-and-so. And, you know, they had so many kids. And so there's not really. So so that's why I don't really feel like it's religious because it was just somebody's like, it's just like me and you talking. Somebody wrote a story and that's what everybody's like sold on that story just because they thought that, you know, that's, that's somebody decided one day that that was going to be the the holy grail of, of, of stories. Right. But so I still I feel like that's I religious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I just don't, I don't take the Bible as being religious. I just read, I mean, it's like stories. Yeah. That, see, and that's how I see it. I see it as like, even if we are not religious and we are spiritual, it has great stories and outlines in order for us to be better humans all around. Not necessarily, sure. right, right. So, okay, give me one second. One of today's show sponsors is Picture Perfect Brows and Beauty Boutique owned by Misty Willis. 
She's on season one, episode 14. Please go check out her inspirational story. Misty has been able to put together a team that does an amazing job with microblading, permanent makeup, skincare services, hydrodermabrasion, and so much more. Have you ever wanted to get a service done, but you didn't get very much information? Misty and her team offer Zoom calls or in-person consultations so that you can get so much information that you feel confident and going in. And they will guide you through the whole process. Don't forget, they're going to be clean and sanitary every visit that you come in. Patrick Perfect Brows and Beauty Boutique is going to make sure that you are getting what you want. Again, that's Picture Perfect Brows and Beauty Boutique where they're going to build confidence from the outside in. So the next question I really wanted to ask you <laughs> is stereotype and being viewed in media versus your real life. Do you see yourself in media at all? And if you do, how does that compare to how you are in real life? Um, I don't put a lot, a whole lot out there on like social media. Um, are you talking about like, like media, like what, what I see on TV and how that relates to my life? Or are you talking about like my social media? I'm just, um, I think in my, in my, in my, like seeing what's on TV and see, you know, my real life, like I'm in the industry, so I see it all the time. I mean, I think it plays a huge role in my life because I have to stay up on the latest trends and the youngest things that, that are happening. I'm being, you know, being in the, a cosmetology instructor keeps me young. That's how I feel. <laughs> Um, but social media, um, I have to be honest, like I, I try to keep up. I, I don't feel that I'm the most current on social media. Um, but I do try to keep up with everything for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I thought that was going to be a really cool question to ask you because every person I ask, it's, it's such a different answer of do I see myself in media? Normally it's like, no, I don't see myself in TV at all. Or no, I don't see myself in models. Or no, I don't see myself in this. But you get to see the whole behind the scenes. Like you're getting to see, um, was it costume makeup? Costume oh, yeah. hair, costume wardrobe. And we did that yeah. in school. Yeah. You know? So I see a lot. I mean, I definitely see, I love behind the scenes, right? When they show behind the scenes clips and everything, um, you know, for any TV show or anything like that, we love that, right? So we do hair shows and makeup and, you know, all these things um, in our industry that you have to be a part of it. You don't have, we don't, I don't have a choice. It's my life. What would I do if I wasn't a, a cosmetology teacher or an aesthetics teacher? Like that's been my whole life for so long. I would, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Right. So how long have you been a teacher? For six years. And then before that, I just, I did hair before that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been actually thinking about going to get my instructor's license. Um, well, hold off on that because they're going to do away with it and you won't have to have it to teach. 
What? Okay, well then, never mind. Yeah, just hold off on it. <laughs> That's so you know, and I'll, oh, yes, I want to talk to you about this, about deregulating industries. I hate it. Right. So tell me why you hate it so much. Uh, well, I don't think that it's um, fair, right? So, like, they've just deregulated all the plumbers. They don't have to have licenses anymore. And I think that we should, I mean, I think you should have to have a license in order to do the things that we do. You could really hurt somebody. If you did a chemical peel on somebody, you could damage their face forever. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. So, I think... I think that it's it's sad that they want to deregulate our industry so much because I don't think that it um, I think it could really hurt a lot of people. Yeah, and then I've noticed that like things have started to like break off into different groups. So like it was cosmetologists, now you have your estheticians, and now you have esthetician cosmetologists, but you don't need a license to be a makeup artist and you don't need a lot license to braid hair. But if you want to work in a salon and wash someone's hair, you still need to have your permit to do that. And then, you know, like, it just seems like you kept breaking off, breaking off. The reason for that is because they, you have to use chemicals when you shampoo somebody, right? So to braid hair, you don't use any chemicals. Um, to do, to, uh, typically to install wigs, you don't really use any chemicals. Um, on a real person and so that's the reason that they make you have a license in order to do that because you have to know what chemicals that you're working with. Mm -hmm. Thank you for clearing that up because I think that that's something that we're forgetting and then when a petition comes out to say please do not deregulate us and people are like well I don't care because they're going to give me cheaper prices because they don't have a license it's like no let me tell you what you're getting you know <laughs> It makes it a little bit harder. So, um, moving back on, on along down our little list here. <laughs> um, how do you deal with your insecurities, and when do you feel the most lonely? I think that's a hard one. Um, I don't like to be alone, but I don't ever really feel lonely. Um, I don't, and how I. I I don't deal with insecurities very well. I have anxiety, right? Like, I don't know if I ever told you guys, but when, you know, I have anxiety about getting up and teaching in front of a class, even if I've had that class for, you know, six months, I still have anxiety to get up and teach. Like it just, it is what it is. So I just push through it. I had this really strong support system when I was little and a strong mom. And, you know, she pushed me right to, she taught me to always face my fears. And so I've always done that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you teach that to your kids now? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Does, um, does your son, your second son, does he have any anxiety going out as a male? Uh, no. Really? Mm -mm. He feels like his authentic self when he's out as a male. Yeah. Wow. Now, has him coming out as a male, or her coming out as a male, whichever way you want to phrase it, has it affected anything in your home life, or, like, is everybody just cool with it because we all already knew? Um, I would say that 
it was quite a surprise to some people. <laughs> um, and I think it, I mean, we, because we're so supportive, no matter what, you know, we always just want, I mean, I, it's just me and me and him right now and at, in our home, but like, we're really close to my dad and we're really close to, um, you know, her aunt. And I think we, we none of us really care. We just want her, you know, her and him to feel loved and supported no <laughs> matter what. Um, I think we have definitely, we've gone to up and downs and hills and some boundaries for sure. We, you know, we have to figure out what's okay. Sometimes, you know, she's like, don't do that. Or, you know, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, well maybe I'll, I'll switch gears and see if maybe this will work out instead. And that's, you know, we definitely have to find our boundaries of what, what I'm okay with, what she's okay with and where we fall in that. Because um, my opinion matters a whole lot to her. And her opinion matters a whole lot to me, right? So um, we just, we have to find a good balance. Yeah. Do you think as a mom that has a child that is trans, your opinion matters more? Or do you think it's just in a different realm? Um, definitely, I think my opinion matters more. Mm-hmm. Like, let me say, let me, I think my opinion matters more to her or him how he feels like if, if I, how I react matters more because let's just say, you know, he wants to buy clothes in the boys department and I am like, but no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to make her want to go even more and do that, you know? So, mm-hmm. but if I'm supportive and I'm like, okay, well, let's go see what they got. Maybe we can find some gender fluid clothes either in the girls or the boys section. And that's basically, you know, we did, we actually had that argument. Like she was gung ho. Like I want to go buy clothes in the boys section. And I was like, well, let's see what we can find because I don't feel that I'm comfortable enough with you just jumping right into the boys section just yet. Um, So that's something that we definitely had to work through. And I think that um, finding some, you know, middle ground has been super important for us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you understand how much you make my heart, like, one, you're being super honest, and yes. two, it's as real as it can be. Like, you're not, like, i disowning him, but at the same time, I need my steps because you've been dealing with this for 16 years. I've just found out yeah. about it. <laughs> and, like, I literally had to have that conversation, like, this is something that you have been dealing with and um you know we we work it out together you know we'll just say that we work it out together and we don't ever really fight about anything so you know we just if she disagrees or he he disagrees then you know i I just we we work it out so like we, we really try to like take our feelings and emotions out of everything and just work out positives and negatives like what's on the good list and what's on the bad list you know like is this a good thing or is this a bad thing yeah would you say that you're a positive person yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) like I feel like you would handle this like I would handle this with one of my children like give me a moment I'm gonna get there but like let's make a list on seeing how this works (laughs) yeah like what give me some positives what are the positives and negatives out of the situation and yeah and let's figure out let's let's find a middle ground like okay you want to go to a party but I don't want you to go but what if I pick you up by eight you know yeah (laughs) yeah like what's oh man yes 
Okay, so are you ready for your Spitfire questions? Okay. Okay, what's your favorite color? Blue. Um, who's your role model? Um, right now I'm actually like really big into um, Carrera hair. She um, it, she's worked for Wella, and so she's a really, really great hairstylist. So we've been watching a lot of her live videos, and she did a really great um, balayage class for us the other day. So she would be who I would say for right now. Okay. But I change because, because of the industry. The industry changes. <laughs> the next, you know, next big thing comes out, I'm always changing. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Are you a giver or a taker in the bedroom? Oh, um... Well, I'm a giver. <laughs> What's your favorite book? Uh, to be honest, I'm not really a reader. Okay. Are you a spender or a saver? A spender. I feel like we only live once. Democrat or Republican? Neither. Are you a good girl? Good. <laughs> I'm supposed to say a good boy. Are you a good girl or a good Wait, no. Are you a good girl or a bad girl? Come on, Christine. Get it together. I would say uh, a lady in the streets with a freaking sheets. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Are you a real maker, breaker, or follower? Um, I would say a little bit of all of it. Mm -hmm. What's your natural hair color? This. All this <laughs> loveliness right here. What color is that? It's like a dirty, very dirty, blonde, reddish color. <laughs> Strawberry blonde with some yeah. brown. Look, it's I haven't done lot. anything to my hair. But, uh, it's a lot. I'm so long. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I just cut it, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you automatically get salsa. Are you going to choose guac or queso? Queso. Okay, and have you had any plastic surgery done? No, never. Will you ever get any? Um, I would not be against it. Ooh, what would you get? Um, I want to go to Mexico, actually, and have weight loss surgery, and then I want to go for a tummy tuck, so. Oh, dang, girl, you, you, <laughs> you said, no, I don't have any, and then you just, like, laid out your whole, like, year's plan of what you were going to do. Girl, I am saving. <laughs> I just like I, I wasn't expecting that answer, but you know what? I will support you and your journey. All right, last question. Is there anything that you would like to say to the listener that we have not talked about yet? Just, you know, that life is hard right now. Everybody's going through a hard time, but you know, it's it's situations like this, you know, podcasts and positive people and people that are here trying to help push everybody through, um, you know, that will get us all through all this that's going on. And so try to stay positive even in the hardest of times. When talking with Rayon and today, oh, <laughs> my microphone just dropped. <laughs> okay, Christine get it together. Okay, there we go. When talking with Rayanan today, I I could not 
control myself with my thoughts on all the things that she's going through right now. She has gotten a divorce. She is a teacher um, of grown people, right? It's, it's not like she's dealing with children, but she's trying to teach a trade during COVID, during quarantine. And then she's also dealing with a lot of different personalities, <laughs> which, you know, they say, you know, at a certain age, you're just like you were when you were a toddler, just a little bit more mature. <laughs> like we never get past the toddler stage of personality. It's gonna stick. So she's dealing with all that. And then she's dealing with her daughter trying to transition and how she's able to kind of do it in a comfortable space for her daughter to be able to transition. And now he is being able to be open with his mother. He's able to find that safe place. And it reminds me at the end of the day, we're moms, right? We need to be there for our children. If we can't be there for them as a mom, then they're going to go outside of us and look for other ways to cope. And not all of those ways are healthy. I wanted to thank you for her being honest and also having the power to give us raw information on how she is dealing with her son in her home. My favorite part was, slow down. I'm not ready for that yet. You know, um, in talking with people that are trans and some of them start younger, some of them start older. The younger you are, you need that permission, right? You still have a guardian, you still have parents and you really need that support. It doesn't change when you get older. It's just, you don't necessarily need permission anymore because you're no longer a minor. And that was one thing that I really enjoyed hearing her say was how she is walking through this with a minor, someone under the age, and being able to say, yes, I'll give you this freedom. Yes, I can give you this freedom. This makes me a little uncomfortable. Can we take our time in this area? If it's the way they dress, cutting their hair, piercings, tattoos, whatever it is, how do we navigate that? And I think she gave a very good descriptive of how to navigate that as a parent. I hope that this touches one person that is dealing with a beautiful but yet scary but yet uncharted territory to be able to give you hope that it's all going to be okay. And if you're coming from love and communication you will get it figured out. And if you're not okay with it, doesn't mean we stop showing love. So I really want to thank Rayanan for coming on and speaking so freely with us today. If you want to meet her a little bit further, ask questions, see a picture of her, please go to our Facebook group, You Gotta Meet Her Podcast. You can go in and see all of our past season episodes 
um, their pictures, engage with them, tell them what you loved about the podcast, tell them what touched you the most, tell them everything that really you loved about it. And I know that they will receive you with open arms. Also, we have a Facebook group. I don't know what it is. 